This is the Open Forum Podcast. Welcome to episode 19 of the Open Forum Podcast. My name is Mike Miller, joined by my co-host, Mike Martinez, to bring you the news, helpful insight, and more from the world of physical education. What is new with you, sir? Mr. Miller, I gotta tell you, I am so excited. For some reason, I feel like whenever we do these 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 little shows here, it almost on a monthly basis, something new that we haven't done before pops up. And this one is kind of new, but kind of not new. I feel like we've been we've been talking about this. We've, we've been teasing this for a while now. I'm, I'm um, super excited you, about it. Yeah, man. For those of you that listen on a regular basis, you know that we normally end our shows with a, a call to arms, if you will. With, 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 <laughs> a, a call to action. Yes. With, with <laughs> a request to have you folks, the listeners, chime in, in in any way you see fit, any way you want to interact, whether it's asking a question about the episode or about future episodes, about inquiring how you can be a guest on the show. And we've been stockpiling some emails and DMs on Twitter and people who are reaching out, texting, this, that, and the other. And I feel like we have a pretty cool collection of questions and answers that are primarily going to be asked and or answered by you. Yeah, Not uh, you, Mike Miller, but you, the <laughs> listeners. Uh, we, we have a few that kind of fit together uh, that we're going to go for today. And then coming out uh, either later this week or uh, early next week, there are going to be a whole nother set of questions that uh, Mike and I are going to tweet out. So be on the lookout for those, especially if you want to if you want to be on with us. So, I, yeah, I think that this this kind of mailbag type of episode is something that we want to recreate on a regular basis. And we, we again, we, we want to be able to share some insight and, and share some helpful tips. We also want to include the people that make what we do as special as it is, and that's the phys ed community. Yeah. So bear with us. This is our first time to do this. <laughs> it might not go flawlessly, but we're going to give it a shot, and we're going to have some fun with it. And We're going to give maximum effort. Yeah, see how many different voices we can get featured in one shot here. There you go. So, without further ado, yes. uh, kind of kind of a, a heavy-hitting question here that was asked. When we think about physical education, and more specifically physical literacy, I suppose physical literacy is loosely defined as having the confidence and the competence to participate in a wide variety of activities over the course of a lifetime. So the question that was asked is, would you rather teach for confidence or competence. I, th I think out of all the responses that I've listened to in the last few weeks, I think Alex O'Brien's is my favorite. That uh, uh, elementary, uh, Seattle's elementary school teacher of the year. Yes, sir. Alex referring to. Uh, well, let's hear, let's hear what, uh, what his Royal Highness himself has to say. <laughs> Here's Alex O'Brien. Hey, this is Alex O'Brien out here in Seattle, Washington, the Pacific Northwest, the PNW. We're built for speed and wired for sound with the response to this question because both are crucially intertwined. Competence breeds confidence. Competence is ultimately the goal. However, we have a unique situation where we need students to feel 
comfortable in their own skin. That self-efficacy is going to be crucial. So confidence is going to be where we start. We want our students to feel successful building skills, understanding information, creating success, success, success. Once they have that confidence, now all of a sudden they start to develop that confidence. They can not only be successful in skill, but then start to understand and describe that skill. And we can do that and eventually let go of their hand and help have them be healthy, fit, and active on their own outside of our class. We have done our job, first class, high dollar. That's some pretty, uh, pretty awesome insight yes. from Mr. O'Brien there. And I wouldn't expect anything less from him. I think it, it kind of opens the door a little bit for kind of an interesting debate, I guess. I, if I heard him correctly, he said that the confidence then leads to competence without having spent too much time myself thinking about it. I guess I have always thought about it the other way around. Yeah, me too. Where once you develop competence, then your confidence comes afterwards. But I suppose, depending on how you look at it, it could go either way. Yeah, I, I, I think they go hand in hand. See, some some students deal better with like practice, butting their head up against the wall, trying and trying and trying. And then once they get that sweet taste of success that they've worked so hard on, then that's where that confidence, hey, I can finally do this, right? And then others need to know that they are capable to then butt their head up against the wall and keep going. Hey, listen, that's probably 100% correct, but definitely interesting food for thought. This could be something that maybe those who are listening might yeah. want to chime in on and lead to a, a deeper conversation down the road. But let's keep the good times rolling. Yes. Maybe we'll throw in like a reactions, uh, like a reaction segment. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Maybe a little, a little fun spirit debate going on yeah. there. Uh, spice things up a little bit. <laughs> so uh, before we move on to the next question, I want to feature another answer for this. Uh, we have Tracy Charlotte from New York who kind of gives a, a unique answer because she is she's a, an adaptive teacher. So And she also does aquatics, which she mentions a little bit in her answer. So uh, let's go also to her real fast. Hi, this is Tracy Charlotte from Potsdam, New York. I teach for both, but I truly feel there's a pattern of learning that my students need to have. Um, I usually teach for confidence first because that lays the foundation for the student buying in to the learning process, to the activity, and also for future learning. Many times I have to teach in baby steps to build confidence for that future learning. And this is especially true in the pool environment where I'm really working on students' water adjustment skills. If I push a student too fast, too soon, and we do not first establish that confidence level, um, that level of feeling safe in the pool environment, then I may very well lose them for a very, very long time. Once we have established the confidence, then we can move forward and teach for competence. And this has really been successful for me. Uh, I have found out through mistakes that Many times if you push too fast, too soon, too hard, that you are going to have to revert to way back to the beginning and start all over again. 
That's some awesome insight from Tracy. And I feel like, uh, I guess, in listening to that, I'm not sure how unique that is to her to her situation. I, I feel like the same could be said for yeah. any environment, any relationship, really. You know, you, you have to develop that certain level of trust, that, that, that certain baseline relationship before you can expect someone to be willing to be vulnerable, take that risk and, and want to perform. I mean, I think we can both agree that it looks very different in aquatics. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Cause I mean, that that's, that's big risk, you know? Right. There's so much more of a internal intrinsic safety risk involved. If you don't feel comfortable versus dribbling a ball for, for example, so definitely a very unique perspective from that angle. I feel like Tracy's answer touches on the idea of, of needing to have that that baseline relationship or or level of trust built, which leads to our next question. What is something outside the box that you do to help build relationships with kiddos or or something that you do to celebrate or recognize kids in your class that goes beyond you know the the high fives, the the handshakes, the fist bumps. Uh, I, I know early in my career, I used to do a, a simple scholar athlete of the month bulletin board and throw kids' names and pictures up there to kind of celebrate them. I remember talking to the the great Jim Deline, yeah. who mentions going to have lunch with his students and sitting in small chairs at lunch tables <laughs> and just listening, you know, just being a fly on the wall and getting to know what your kids are into, what they like, their favorite TV shows, songs, games, to help make those connections. So we're going to turn things over to, I believe, Dan. Super Dan PE. Yes. Daniel Hill, who, shout out to Daniel, just did his uh, his first keynote at Shape Nebraska. Right. Yes, he did. This week. Nice job, big fella. Uh, here's a little, little insight to what Dan does to help build relationships and make those connections and celebrate his students. Hey, this is Daniel from Kentucky. Uh, something a little bit outside of the box that I try to do uh, is to uh, set up what, are, what I call calm corners. Uh, there are two uh, that I've set up in my classroom, the gym. Um, everybody's entitled to their own feelings and, and emotions. Uh, and if those emotions uh, kind of get in the way of you learning and being involved with the lesson for a few minutes, that's okay. You're not in trouble. Just go to the calm t- corners and uh, maybe get it together for a few minutes. Take a couple deep breaths. Uh, do what you need to do. Um, it's a time in, not a time out. So uh, that really uh, has has caught on this year uh, with uh, multiple teachers in my building. Uh, kids can uh, are entitled to their emotions, and uh, when they're ready, they can come back to the lesson. One of the ways I try to recognize students is with the super student. Um, my Twitter handle is SuperDanPE. I'm a little obsessed with Superman. Uh, I got one of those squeeze whistles from U.S. Games and put uh, it on a poster of the Superman symbol, put it over on the wall, and when I in- notice a student intentionally trying to help another student, maybe they would help them up off the ground if they fell down, help them tie the shoe, anything intentionally nice to help another student if i notice it i'll I'll say that is super and they run over to the squeeze whistle that super student poster and hit that squeeze whistle three times everyone else stops what they're doing points them and say you are super he is i tell you that is (laughs) that that answer 
is so super. I, I love the simplicity of it. However, the the impactfulness of it, the fact that you're making that first of all, it's not based on physical performance. It's not based on someone who, you know, made twenty five jump shots or sixteen goals. Were it's you a good on, person today? Exactly. It's based <laughs> on culture building. It's based on, you know, personal traits, characteristics that are going to make your classroom environment a happier place. That's going to make your your relationships happier. And it involves everyone in class. It's not him giving a sticker to a kid and saying, hey, I saw you do a great job. It's no, we're all going to stop what we're doing and shout out this one person who did something awesome for somebody else. And the basis of how he builds his relationship with with his students is using those comm corners. Like, hey, I understand yeah. if you come in a little bit off, like if you need a second to be able to come in here and, you know, meet meet our expectations for, you know, our rules in our gym, like take a second. Like your feelings are your feelings. Hitting that social emotional component and then you can come in here and hop in when you're ready. That's that's awesome. And I I love the use of his language too. It's not a time out, it's time in. Yeah. It's time for you to acknowledge your feelings, work through it. I'm here to help you if you need that. But whenever you are ready, you're back in. Yeah. I feel like that, that changes the whole negative connotation of you're you know, you're in trouble, you need to sit out kind of a thing. I, I feel like there's not a single teacher at, at any stage of their game who couldn't benefit from that the little nugget of wisdom there. This is something that I would definitely encourage uh, you folks who are listening to chime in on. If you have something special that you do that works really well with your kids, I'm sure somebody out there could learn from it. Something that's as quick and easy as Dan's solution there. We'd love to hear from it. So again, towards the end of the show, we'll kind of give you some info on how to be more of an active participant with our show moving forward. So again, some great insight from Super Dan, and I promise you folks, I know it's going to seem like this was all part of a, of a master plan here <laughs> and carefully thought out. I assure you it was not. But prior to Dan's answer, yes, it was. Dan's answer, <laughs> prior to hearing Dan's answer, I gave him a little shout out for having recently completed his, his first keynote address at Shape Nebraska, one of the, the many wonderful state conferences going on during this epic conference season that we, we are, all know and we love are so in the much. heart of it right now. Absolutely. It's a lot of stuff. The, going the most on. wonderful time of year <laughs> as someone who, who has done a, a, a keynote or two in, in his day. I know it could be a little daunting to tackle that the first time. I'm sure maybe you felt some of those jitters as well. Uh, banging out your first. Yes, sir. Session yes, sir. As well at a, at a New York city, borough-wide conference talking uh, you know, tactical progressions today it was it was exciting absolutely and, yeah. and you know the the old saying is true you always remember your first time right <laughs> um but i i think whether you have presented a whole bunch of times or have just been to a bunch of conferences and are thinking is this the right time do i have something that people want to hear there there is some kind of a a mental hurdle that needs to be to be leap, leapt over yeah. to, to to make that to make that to, to take that risk, if you will. So we're going to turn to somebody who knows a thing or two about conferences and presenting because he's seen just about everything there is to see. I'm I'm not 100 percent convinced that there's not a cloning machine 
down in this gentleman's basement. He's like Michael Keaton in Multiplicity. Absolutely. He's all over the place. Let's turn our attention to the one and only Nick Klein of U.S. Games fame up here in uh, the great state of New York. Nick has some helpful insight on how to rip that Band-Aid off. My answer to this question is to start small. So I would not suggest submitting a session at a national conference if you've never presented at a state conference. If it's your first time, uh, shoot for a local conference. Maybe it's one at, at a nearby college or university, or maybe it's something that, that your, your city or town does with, with uh, you know, some of the districts nearby, and definitely start there. My other suggestion, if you're breaking into the uh, conference uh, presenter role, is to find somebody to co-present, and preferably somebody with, with a little bit of experiences. Some of my favorite experiences that, that I've had have been co-presenting with, with some of the legends out there and too many to, to uh, state by name, but co-presenting is one of my favorite things to do. So, so give that a go. So I'm gonna go ahead and speak from personal experience and double down on part of, uh, of Dick's answer there. My very first presenting experience was a co-presentation with Nick, Nick Klein. Klein. <laughs> uh, him and the one and only my, my friend and yours, the Brooklyn Dreamer, yes, sir. Brandon Herwick, uh, kind of did a, a Three Amigos, uh, a Three Musketeers sort of presentation at New York State Aford. I was at that session. Uh, yeah, I, I, I never thought I would want to do it or be able to do it. And after that first session, I have never stopped wanting to do it, basically. It was so much of a relief to not feel the pressure of having to be awesome for... 60 minutes or 75 minutes, but maybe just take 15 or 20 and just really get that down and then eventually branch into maybe just sharing with one other person and doing half a session. And before you know it, it just kind of like, like anything else, the more comfortable you get. Well, it's, it's progression. It yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, stop me if you heard that word before. You know? <laughs> <laughs> some, some awesome insight from an awesome individual, a top notch presenter in, in his own right. Thanks for sharing that, Nick. We really appreciate As it. As Alex O'Brien would say, high class, top dollar. <laughs> I believe it's top notch. Top notch, high, high dollar. dollar. No. High. I mean, it's high notch, top dollar. <laughs> it's got to be your bull. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. moving on. <laughs> moving, moving along. I think that's a good place for us yeah. to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. I think bit. so. Um, this, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I don't know if people are going to enjoy listening to this as much as I enjoyed putting it together. I think it's really cool to hear some varied insights to so hear some, some, some fresh voices and again, just get more of a taste of what the people who are listening to the show are doing in their own gyms and teaching spaces. As fun as this was, I can't wait to get more people involved moving forward. Yes, sir. So let's talk about how to make that happen. Super, super simple process, folks. If you go on to your app store, I don't care if you're an iPhone user, an Android user works the same either way. Download a free app called Voice Memos. Voice is it Voice Memos or Voice Notes? Uh, voice Memos. If if you have an iPhone, it's on there already. It's part of like the the standard app suite, so it's on your phone already. Gotcha. Yeah, and the yeah. it has a share function. So if you're interested in answering a question, you would just record a voice note inside the app and just hit the share button. Then you would send it along to us. Uh, here 
by emailing it to openforumpod at gmail.com. Correct. I think, if, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Miller, I, I think we're going to do these periodically, primarily using Twitter as our yes. our main our main point of contact, maybe even through our through the, through the Open Phys Ed Facebook page and post periodic questions out there. I just kind of want to want to tap into your 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 thoughts, your interests. You know, you you folks are experts in your own field. What are some things that you're doing that you think other people might want to hear about? And it's going to be a similar theme to the uh, hashtag slow chats that we've been putting out from Open. Similar similar idea, except now your uh, your voices will be out there on the interwebs forever and ever. And just think of how exciting it's going to be <laughs> for mom and dad. Yes. And hey, I was on a podcast today. Um, Betty, Uncle Rufus, whoever your, your number one fans are, for, for your students at your school, yeah, to hear you chiming in on, on a professional radio show, and and you know giving giving shout outs and sharing your insights. Speaking of radio shows, that's kind of the format we're going for. So if you're if you're choosing to answer one of our questions, hey, this is Mike from New York City, and blah 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 blah, let it ride, let it flow, and we hope to get as many different voices on here as possible. So, so stay tuned. For the next set of questions, which should be coming up in the next couple of weeks. Again, that's voice memos for you Android users in your app store. And for iPhone users, apparently it's already on your phone. Yeah, it is. Because so iPhones, iPhones just work. So we're going to go ahead and put a nice <laughs> little bow on this episode here. Thanks to Alex and, and Nick and Dan and, and Tracy and for sharing their insight. We hope to hear from many more of you moving forward. Again, that's recording a voice memo and sharing that to openforumpod at gmail.com. If for some reason you're trying to get that accomplished and you just can't figure out how to make it work, you can always reach out to Mr. Miller or myself directly. I'm available on Twitter at VizEdFreak. And I am at CoachMillerPE. Folks, I'm prone to hyperbole. I think this might be the start of something beautiful. <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear from more of you moving forward. Stay tuned also for a special mid-November release. Yes. Coming up just a week or two after this one launches, uh, featuring a very special guest from the Open Phys Ed world. Until next time, stay active, everyone. This podcast and all of the great services provided by Open are made possible through the support of U.S. Games and BSN Sports. Every time you purchase physical education and athletic equipment through U.S. Games and BSN Sports, you are supporting a network of teachers helping teachers. Open is a public service organization. Learn more at openphyzed.org.